Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello everyone, this is Suzanne Knabernikol from Police Science Doctor. I'm here today with Police Science Snippets number 69. So I've been doing this for 69 weeks up now, which is quite a long time. I think it's about a year and over three months. And these Police Science Snippets are basically bits of information that I've extracted from academic research articles that were published in the fields of police science, criminology, investigative psychology, forensic psychology, and anything that is related to law enforcement and intelligence. And I hope that these three bits of information that I extract here can, can be put into action and put into use straight away, because much academic research that does come out is either highly specific or very theoretical, or it's debating a methodology or a new, a new um, assessment tool or something like that. And it's just not something that um, frontline practitioners can actually really do something with. So what I'm trying to do with these police science snippets is I try to troll through everything that has been published recently or everything that I've, I've um, got access to and that, have, that I have been sent. And I try to extract and identify those that I think will be of use to you. And then I pass them on. I email them out to the police science doctor email list every Tuesday. If you're not on that, it's free to join. You will get these delivered to you every in, into your inbox every Tuesday. And you will have the link to the original research actually in the email as well. So you can, and you can also download all the previous 68 police science snippets. So there's 68, 68 times three snippets. I can't work out right now what that is, but um, because I can't concentrate on this whilst I'm broadcasting live, but I'm sure somebody here can. So I'd be happy to welcome you on the list soon if you're not already on it. The first snippet for this week is about verbal intelligence and offending. There are lots of different kinds of intelligence, as we know. This one deals with verbal intelligence. So this research has found that low verbal intelligence at age 14 or 15 can be predictive of violent and property offending at age 21 and 22. It is suggested that these individuals might benefit from interventions aimed at improving emotional regulation, social information processing, and moral reasoning. The reason I find this interesting is because it's quite it's a relatively non-invasive, non-direct way of, um, of determining who might be at risk of future offending. And this is a way that perhaps law enforcement could work together with the educational system in um, helping them identify those who display the, these kinds of levels of low verbal intelligence to perhaps give them some extra support to pr perhaps prevent them from uh, becoming delinquent in the future. The second snippet is about lie detection. So that's obviously a topic in when it comes to suspect interviews, for examples. For example, relying on behavioral cues such as gaze aversion, so looking away, and body movements causes poor rates of detecting deception accurately. Okay, so what we used to see or be told in movies that if somebody looks nervous, fidgets, doesn't make eye contact, that means they're lying. This is all rubbish. Okay, research has proven that this is rubbish. Instead, one should focus primarily on the content of people's statements and what they say and the verbal characteristics of how they speak, such as richness of auditory, things that we can hear, um, and temporal detail when it comes to what, when something happened, what time for example, people who say a lot of I heard, um, I could hear, I and and when it comes to temporal, this happened at 1.30 p.m. Because higher amounts of these kind of details are associated with higher probability of veracity, truthfulness. And the third snippet for today, police officer stereotype threat. 
White officers fearing they'll be branded racist during encounters with black citizens might experience heightened anxiety and self-regulatory efforts, leading to cognitive depletion and regulatory failure. Failure. This results in decreased empathy, ultimately ending with officers confirming the racist police officer stereotype. Okay, so if if a white um, officer is engaging with a black citizen, just because they they may fear being branded racist, they're expending so much cognitive energy trying to make sure they're not doing anything that could be construed in a racist manner. This is taking away so many of their self-regulatory system or taking up so much of their cognitive space that actually the way they are interacting with that person is worse than it would have been perhaps if they hadn't been so worried. Okay, so it's actually a vicious cycle. And I thought that was really interesting to actually see confirmed in some research. So these were the snippets for today. I hope that you found them interesting. I will have some big news to share with you soon, but um, I'm going to keep that under wraps for now. Hopefully I'll be able to tell you about this soon though. And I wish you a good week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address, and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam, This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.